Welcome to this special MLK Day of Service episode of Girl Truth, What Lens Are You Looking Through? Today's topic, the day after service, the importance of self-care in activism. How do you think that this move to like take care of yourself has translated for you as a black woman? Well, for me, I I come back to the whole woke phrase a lot because I feel like it's very apt. And if you stay awake for too long, it goes from being a good thing to something that's harming you. And that's what the approach I try and take with like trying to keep in mind that, okay, I do need to be woke. I do need to be awake. I do need to be conscious of what's going on around me. But also, I, I need my breaks. I need to be able to give myself that space. For me, I always had something in my body that told me, like, please stop. Like, this is doing too much. I would feel guilty, like, oh, well, everybody else is doing 25 things. I should be able to do at least 20 things. I feel like college is a a space where it it magnifies that whole thing. Even if you do say, okay, I need to rest, it's like there's still this guilt that I feel we have to take the narrative away on, especially as women of color, women in general, but it definitely magnifies with us is this whole idea that we're so strong and we can, oh, wow, we can take on this. How do we do this, this, and this, and this? And as a younger generation who's now getting the oh, we should go to therapy, oh, we have generational trauma, oh, there's this self-care. It's hard to sometimes balance that want to do better for the world and be the nurturers that I think we truly are and not feel guilty when we do say no or do set boundaries or do take a break because that's not something that we've been taught was allowed. I am pretty good at my boundaries, I will say, in self-care, but it's not without sometimes other women of color maybe being like sending on that message of us as Black women have to save the world. Like at work, so I'm a consultant, and I did an internship for people of color at my um, organization while I was still in college, and I had a Black mentor. I told her, yeah, I think I'm going to focus on the activities at school that are really important to me. And she was like, oh, well, you know, you can't do that because I do this, this, and this, just that I made it to this level. And she really meant the best. Like, it was not ill-intentioned. But it just keeps sending on that message. And it just, it perpetuates kind of. I think the younger generation is definitely breaking from it. But I'm sure, Marmia, you still experience that sometimes too, even with you. Oh, yeah, the guilt is crazy. Like, I struggle so much with the guilt because, like, For me, it's like a lot of times I'm just barely keeping my own head above water. Like, for example, the George Floyd protests. I left my phone alone for for one day. One day. I just happened to not be on my phone. And I'm just like, I was taking a self-care day. I'm watching, I think I was watching Cheer with my mother. Mm -hmm. And I get a text from one of my friends who's who's white. And it was just like, hey, I just wanted to check in to see how you're doing. Are you okay? How are you holding up? And I'm just like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and then I, I, I turn on my phone and I go on Facebook and the entire city is on fire. And I'm just like, I, I can't take a nap. 
<laughs> I can't take one day. And it, it was that sense of just like, I remember immediately feeling like guilty. And it's like almost like you were meant to not see it. You would have felt like you had to contribute in a productive way. I'm autistic, so a protest is not the place for me. It's a whole bunch of things that are like specially designed to be an a environment that I'm just not going to thrive in. And I was telling my mom about how like I felt like I needed to force myself to do this thing. Even though at the time I was extremely burnt out. I already didn't have a lot of energy just to live my day-to-day life. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I traumatize myself efficiently? Yes. That, like, I feel like that sums up exactly what I'm thinking. We can't be really super productive if we're doing things that are counter to what is good for us. Because I consider myself an activist now after I've expanded my definition. I went to my first protest actually in college because someone was filming me about women's rights and she wanted a cameo there. And I, it just didn't, it wasn't the, the space for me. It didn't feel bad energy. It wasn't anything wrong with what they were doing. And I am grateful that they were doing it. But that wasn't the space for me to be an activist. And I realized like, there are so many other productive ways. We all have our strengths and our things that aren't our focus, right? So exactly, why it's finding those and zoning and tuning into that and contributing in that way that's useful for you and working for you. We don't need to traumatize ourselves and put ourselves in situations that we feel uncomfortable in, or even worse, might be bad for our mental health just to show like that performative activism because for me like the activism that I do I've been vegetarian for like 12 or 13 years and the reason isn't even really for health you can eat meat and be a very healthy person probably maybe even healthier than I am but I do it for environmental purposes and human rights purposes and that's a form of activism can everybody be a vegetarian does everyone want to give up meat for activist purposes no is that okay yes but that person might be someone who is really good at like community gardening and does that like you know we all have our different things and it just takes being like conscientious of like how your body's responding instead of trying to push through things that don't make sense that is so well said there was this Facebook meme that was going around during the time, like the height of the protest. And it was talking about the different roles that people have in like activism. And it was like, yeah, you do have the people on the, the front lines, the people at the protest, that's like your warriors. Then you also have the people that are spreading and disseminating information. Then you also have the people that are raising awareness. There's all these different uh, jobs and positions you can fill. And the way I like to think of it is, I'm going to be a lot more successful at trying to spread the word or coordinate information. Putting me in a protest in a foot soldier capacity, it's not where you're going to get the most bang for your buck, so to speak. Exactly. So then you end up not being in a good position because you force yourself. And it's like, it's not even adding as much value as you would have added somewhere else. Exactly. And it's it's really important, I think, that that conversation is had about the different ways to be an activist because you don't want to have it where you have people that might really want to do something, but they think, Oh, well, if I can't 
uh, march in the streets, then I can't be an activist, so I'm just going to do nothing. There's 101 different ways. You just got to find the way that fits you. And aligns with, like, how you view the world. Because there's, I call them, like, I don't know, like, baby activists are, like, getting to learn what's, what, what the issues are. And they might want to just start out writing letters people who are incarcerated just nice letters hey how's your day they might want to be like oh spread the kindness i just want to spread kindness it's just about what aligns with you the most and what is not going to take away your energy and is going to be the most value at the end of the day um so i'm really into like the whole strategy the other aspect with the performative activism was how it became trendy to care about the Black Lives Matter, per se. Like, that was a trendy topic. So I had seen back at the time of the heavy protesting, um, this they caught this girl telling, asking people to take a picture of her doing community cleanup, and then she put the stuff down and left after she got the picture. And, you know, social media will find them <laughs> and they found her. And I think she got fired from her nice job that she had. Um, but it's just stuff like that where this is not and this is not trendy. This is not something that I'm able as a black woman to decide that I care about my life and the safety of people that I care about. Um, I don't get to turn it on and off like a fashion trend like leg warmers like i don't get to <laughs> decide when this is coming back yeah you don't um, get to opt out yeah i don't get to opt out it's fine if you don't want to go to the protest i think that whole misconception that like protesting is the only way to be an activist also hurts our movement from a um non-bipoc perspective as well because they might be like oh, I do want to learn more and I do care about people of color, the LGBTQ community, whatever the case may be, but I'm not about to go <laughs> into those protests. So then because they don't necessarily know other things that they can do, they don't do anything. <laughs> so I just think that the performative piece is so detrimental to the movement for us and our health and then for the people who care Um that may not identify with any of our identities but don't want to go out and like picket. I will say this people of other nationalities and like that aren't necessarily part of what would be considered my community that go out and protest are my form of self care. Like I had a friend while I was at home trying to, you know, just keep breathing, I would see like her post like from the protests and she's gone out like day after day after day and as a black woman a lot of times it's like you're the backstop you're where the buck stops if i'm not okay enough to protest then the protest doesn't happen yeah and for me like just seeing that like okay like i can breathe it's not just on me it's not just all on my there are people that are choosing to help and I think that is a really important part of like being an ally is sometimes it might sound so trite and very, um, I guess like dismissive, but just by showing up sometimes 
it's helping. Because sometimes I just need to know that as a black woman, I'm not alone. Like, if you put a Black Lives Matter sign on your lawn, when I'm driving down the street, I don't know that you did it because of a truck. Mm. All I know is there's somebody in my vicinity who is saying, I'm not alone. Thank you for listening to Girl Truth. What lens are you looking through? Produced by yours truly, Adina Hill. Our podcast is sponsored by the Evalor House, the award-winning nonprofit organization led by our executive director, Cheryl Ann Watlington. To learn more about the Evalor House, visit us on the web at evalorhouse.org. Thank you.